Hey everybody, it's Jason McLaren with the Leadership Loading Podcast, and today we're talking about leading like a nuclear submariner. My guest, John Rennie. Rennie? Rennie, yeah. Rennie, yeah, there you go. Uh, John is a, the co-founder and president and CEO of Peak Demand, Inc., premier manufacturer of critical components for electrical utilities. I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a little bit. He's also a former U.S. Navy nuclear submariner officer and has made seven deployments uh, all the way up to the end of the Cold War. So good good feedback there and leadership skills. Uh, prior to starting Peak Demand, he led eight manufacturing businesses for three global companies and is an author of the best-selling leadership book, I Have the Watch, and lead your organization like a nuclear submariner. Uh, all, that's all in the same boat, sorry. And then also the host of the podcast, uh, you, is it you Have the Watch? No, Deep Leadership, sorry. Deep Leadership. And yep. uh, so, yeah. Welcome, John, to the show. Big introduction. <laughs> Great to be here. So yeah, John, tell us a little bit about your background. Obviously, this being a uh, veteran and first responder-based uh, podcast, uh, we're going to hear about your 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 uh, deployments and that sort of thing, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. Um, as you mentioned, I was a submariner, uh, and I it was something that I wanted to do since I was a kid. And that sounds kind of bizarre and strange because uh, nobody wants to be a submariner. No one wants to be locked, locked in a metal tube for months at a time. But I did. Uh, I had two grandfathers that served in World War II. One was in the Navy and one was in the Army. And I sort of was just fascinated with their stories. And I was, you know, that kid that always asked, you know, my grandfathers what they did and how they did it. And I just tell me more and more. So I was that curious kid. And I always knew I would serve in the military. It was something I wanted to do. But for some reason, I got fascinated with studying the um, uh, or just learning about this, the submarines in World War II and all the different you know, missions they went on and uh, just crazy things that they did. Uh, and really, in a lot of cases, um, you know, were, were, you know, important parts of how we had victory, especially in the Pacific. So, you know, after reading those stories, and stuff, I just said to myself, that is just the wildest form it's just the wildest uh, military platform you can be on is being on a submarine underneath the ocean. And of course, then, you know, the Cold War was in full swing and, you know, the Soviets were our enemy. And, you know, there was this back and forth between the, the submarines. And I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> I absolutely want to do that. And so, um, you know, to be to get on a submarine, I want to be a submarine officer was you had to you know, you had to become an officer. You had to study something technical because you had to be qualified in nuclear operations. So. So I had to go to engineering school. I had to get good grades in high school, go to engineering school, uh, get a commission in the Navy, get accepted into the nuclear program, get accepted in the submarine community. So there's this a lot of work to be able to get there. And I was the first, you know, in my family to even go to college. I didn't even know what an engineer was. I had to figure all, all that out. But, uh, you know, this long process of getting through college, getting through the whole, whole nuclear officer pipeline, going through submarine school, getting to the fleet, and then getting becoming a qualified submarine officer. It's a long process, uh, but I eventually I achieved my dream of, you know, being, you know, being on the submarines, uh, again, making seven deployments. I just absolutely loved every minute of it, but then got out and went into, went into corporate like a lot of guys do, and, and then I was leading, leading in uh, corporate businesses for about 22 years before I started my own business. So, Ran a lot of manufacturing operations. Um, now I do that here by my own business uh, with peak demand. So yeah, so I you know it was one of the, like a, like a childhood dream come true. You know, but uh, it was a lot of work to get there though. Definitely, and uh, great great backstory there, and great history, and 
and a good uh, testament to your leadership skills and, and, and how you've made it to where you are today. And how long were you in the Navy? I was in for five years active okay. duty. Yep. All right. Good deal. And so what, uh, I guess, being in the submarine corps, is that what they call it, the submarine corps, uh, that kind of built you up for the electrical side? Is that how you got into the electrical field? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because when I, when I got out of the military, um, you know, I was applying for different jobs. I had two job offers. One was uh, being in design engineering for a global uh, electrical engineering company called ABB. They wanted to hire me as a design engineer. And uh, that was in Florida, which is where my wife's family was from. And the other job was in pharmaceutical sales with Merck. And hmm. I didn't know anything about pharmaceutical sales. Right. So I said, well, I have an engineering degree. Well, let's go be an engineer. So that's kind of how I got into the electrical field. And I've been in it, you know, my whole career, essentially. And what what leadership skills did you learn in the military that helped you, you know, jump into the private sector as far as building yeah, you know, business? Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, you think um, that the two aren't related at all, that, you know, life on life on a submarine uh, is completely different than business life. But actually, but a lot of things that I learned, and especially as I got older, I realized it was kind of a really great place to learn leadership. Because on a submarine at sea, you know, you lock the hatches and you're stuck with the same people uh, for the, you know, typically we went uh, three months, 110 days, we'd be deployed. And so you were stuck with the people that you were deployed with. So there was a lot of things you learned through that. One is you you get to know and learn and love people. You know, everybody's unique. Everybody's different. Everybody's, uh, you know, the, the, the crews came from all over the country. We had all different religions, backgrounds, histories, but we all had a mission uh, to do. And I think, you know, getting a chance to spend so much time with people. We stood watches for six hours uh, every day, you know, with with these watchstanders. And so it was enlisted and officers and senior enlisted working together side by side. And so we got to know each other. And we developed these deep, deep relationships. We, you know, we had, we suffered together too. I mean, a submarine being deployed, you know, you run out of fresh food, you, you know, you, you stand these long watches, you, 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 you know, we operated sometimes in the North Atlantic during major storms. And, you know, there's all this thing that you suffer together and you built these tight relationships. And I realized when I got into business that, that, that those are really powerful skills to be able to build relationships with your team and, and getting to know your employees and them getting to know you. And so I think that was a big takeaway that I learned early on. The other thing was, um, is, you know, on a submarine, everybody is important, right? So it's funny because the, we take the most junior sailor and one of the, one of the things that we, we, we give them as a duty, right? As a, as a, as a junior sailor on a submarine is you, you compact trash and you shoot what we call shoot trash. And we have a little, it looks like a little torpedo tube at the bottom of the submarine where we actually would, we would compress the trash and shoot it out the bottom of the submarine. Well, typically that's your most junior sailor that would do that work. Well, guess what that is? That's a hole in the submarine, <laughs> you know? So that, that's some, that sailor had to make sure he operated that 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 trash disposal unit properly otherwise we would all die so so every sailor was important to the mission right and our mission you know do the mission and get home safely everybody was on board with that same mission it didn't matter if you were the 
an 06 or an E2, right? Everybody had to work together to be able to safely operate the ship and get home, right? And so I think that that has always stood with me as well, too, is that even our most my most junior employee is important to my mission and to make sure that they all understand they're important to the mission versus, you know, I think some, and I saw this in my corporate career, some managers would treat like production employees or call center employees like, like dirt, even though th these are the most important people in their organization, not the, the purchasing manager. It was the, you know, the person on the shop floor actually making the part and, and shipping it to the customer. So that always stood out to me. And so I threw throughout my corporate career, I kind of always spent a lot of time on the shop floor with employees, making sure they understood what the mission was and make sure they understood that we were all on the same, you know, the same, same team working on the same goals, trying to break those, uh, you know, because one of the things I found in corporate is that there's a big difference between hourly and salary. And there's like these, there's a big separation. And my job always was to bring everybody together onto the same team, because that's the way it was on a submarine. You know, I think in some military organizations, there's officers, and there's enlisted, and there's this big wide gap. On a submarine, it's like, there's no gap, there's no room for special privileges for officers or senior enlisted, because we're just kind of stuffed in the metal tube, and we all eat the same food, we wear the same uniform, we sleep in the same size rack. It's, you know, no special privileges. And I guess I've always taken that in my mindset in my business jobs, like no special privileges for, for, for managers or leaders, you know, we're, we're in this, we're all in this together. We, we just have different roles to play. Definitely. It's the old mindset treat. There's a old, you know, mantra, treat the CEO the same as a janitor or the janitor, the same as a CEO. Yeah. Uh, when you're in the corporate sector and, you know, and that's how I live by, you know, if I'm walking down the hall and I see in my full-time job, if I see the, the president of the, the company there walking in the hall, he gets the same greeting as I give the janitor that's walking right behind him, you know, uh, it's not one of them where you, you know, stop and, you know, try to make more conversation maybe with the, the, the president than you do the janitor, uh, but also treating them the same, uh, nevertheless, so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, when, when I, in, in my companies, the businesses I've run, I've always said the number one thing is to treat everybody with respect. And that's a, it's a big part of it. So I want, I want people to treat their peers with respect, the people that work for them for respect and their bosses with respect. So I think, you know, if you want to be part of my organization, respect is the number one issue on that I'm concerned about, because every person is important and vital to the, to the mission of the company. And I think, that more more leaders should have that mindset uh, because I think we would treat people differently if we felt everybody was important. Definitely. And especially now with the, the current political climate and uh, things going on in the world uh, at the time of this recording, there's a lot of stuff going on that uh, if everyone just treated everybody the same, we wouldn't have those problems. But uh, Well, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And uh, all right, let's talk about uh, professional development or, or continuous learning. Uh, that's kind of what your your current book or your most recent book is about. You have the watch, uh, you know, preparing yourself for, well, maybe not preparing, but, you know, honing your leadership skills. Uh, we were talking before we recorded, it's a daily journal where you can uh, work on the, I'll let you explain it, but it's more like a workbook <laughs> where they can work on their daily activities. Yeah, you know, one of the things that's frustrating with with leadership is that um, we sort of it, we sort of take uh, this again. This is my this is my observation from you know working twenty two years in, in corporations is that we sort of think of it as like an after like like an extra duty. Like you're a really good engineer, we're going to make you engineering manager. You're really good. Um, 
quality technician. We're going to make you quality manager. So we slap a title on somebody, right? And then we send them off to do their job. And what ends up happening is these young managers, um, they end up going back to their comfort zone. They're, they're really good engineers. So they end up do, you know, spending time doing engineering. They never really truly make that transition into to leadership. And leadership is completely different, right? The leadership skills are different than engineering skills or uh, purchasing skills or HR skills, right? When you move into leadership, it's a whole nother set of school, skills. And so we don't treat that very seriously in business. And, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, you might get, you know, you get promoted, you might get like a two day session where you go to some leadership training and then you're okay. Well, you know, if, if you're lucky, if most of the time you're not lucky, you get a title and you get the, you get a nicer office and then you're told to go do your job. And then, and then you default to being going back to your comfort zone, which is being a doer and not a leader. So I was trying to uh, develop a, a, some way to be able to help somebody that's in that role as a new manager, or maybe somebody transitioning in from maybe one organization to another or one department to another, to make sure that they don't lose track on what, what their new role is, which is you are a leader, you're not a doer. And so this particular book is written in a way that is a daily uh, a daily reflection for leaders. So it takes you through an entire year. There's 50 themes in the book. And every day you, you, you reflect on a different facet of that theme. Like, for example, one week is be present. And so every day there's something talking about what does it mean to be present as a leader? And being present as a leader doesn't mean uh, in your office with the door shut working on emails. That is not being present. Being present means get out of your comfort zone, spend time with your people, you know, and and walk around and talk to people, listen to people. And and and, and this is something that may, maybe seems basic, but many managers find themselves uh, locked in their office, locked in, I call it in their bubble, in their bubble of their, you know, their emails, their their conference calls and their meetings, and they, they avoid, you know, people. And uh, some of it do, some people do that out of fear. They they're afraid of what people might say. They're afraid they might be discovered that not they're not that smart or they don't know everything. And so out of fear, they they sit in their comfort zone. And so a lot of what this book is is to get you out, get you with your people, get you thinking about what is it you want to do as an organization. What's your mission? What's your vision? And so. Uh, and again, it's not a one and done like leadership training. It's there for with you for the entire year. So as you develop and hone those leadership skills. Definitely. We'll put the link in the show notes below. And then uh, that kind of reminded me of uh, my reverse mentorship practice. You know, I, like you said, I try not to hunker down in my office unless I have some deadlines. But yeah, if I'm, if I have a gap in my calendar, I'm out there in the field walking, looking for my guys and just, uh, and you know, I'll ask them what they're doing. And if I, you know, I don't know everything about what they do, but I have, you know, I'll see, you know, show me what you're doing and let them mm. check it out. Some of them think I'm, you know, spying on them, but you know, the others, most of them like it. Cause they like, you know, give me a chance to see the front lines and, and go see what they're doing out there. So. Well, there's a balance. And I talk about that in the book too, is, you know, so we don't like the micromanager, right? That's everybody says, well, I hate the micromanager, but we don't like the absent manager either. So the micromanager is way too involved. The, the, the absent manager is you can't find them. They're never around. Right. And so either of those extremes are bad. And I know that because I've had bosses on both of those extremes. So you got to find that right balance. So you want to be present, right. And be around, but you don't want to be annoying. 
<laughs> you know, you don't want to be like, okay, there's, there's John. Okay. Hi. Yeah. Same thing as last yesterday, you know, but, but so you've got to really find that balance and it's really important. Leadership balance is, is something that, um, you know, any, if you take any, any sort of actions to an extreme, it becomes a problem in business and in leadership. So you have to always looking for the right balance with, uh, with your leadership. Like, for example, if you're, if you're too optimistic, right, then you, you're likely going to, uh, you know, you're going to make promises you can't keep. But if you're too pessimistic, you miss out on opportunities because you're afraid to fail. So there's always a balance that playing throughout uh, leadership is and is trying to find that right balance between two extremes is something that I found the best way is to find that right position to be. And every one of those extremes causes a problem. I can list off a lot of them, but but that's um, but being present is one of those that that can be to taken to an extreme as well. Definitely. All right, uh, John, what would be your one piece of leadership advice to someone entering the leadership field? Yeah, I would say this is that never forget that leadership is about three things. It's about people, influence, and a goal. Our roles as leaders is to influence people to get something done. What is the big goal? What is the mission? What is the goal that we're trying to get accomplished? It's not about emails. It's not about meetings. It's not about, uh, you know, um, to-do lists. It's about people, and, and, and engaging and motivating people to get things done. And, uh, and I, I like to always say that leadership is a people business. It's all about the people. And if you can remember that, you'll be, a, you'll be about 10 steps ahead of most leaders. Great. And how can we get a hold of you if we want to reach out or get your books or check out your podcast? Yeah, everything is at johnsrenny.com and all my links to social media, all my books are on there and a link to my podcast, which is Deep Leadership. Everything's at johnsrenny.com. All right. Well, thanks, John. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you. I enjoyed it. There are thousands of leadership and management podcasts to choose from. We're glad you chose the Leadership Loading Podcast, a Go Heroes production. If you'd like to support Go Heroes Inc., visit www.goheroes.org. And with that, it's time to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We sincerely hope you liked it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your family and friends. Let's all grow together. Thanks for listening to the Leadership Loading Podcast. Leadership Inspired.